0: I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word. Join me in Genesis chapter 22 this morning. Genesis chapter 22, we will work through... This chapter this morning, as we continue on in our series through the book of Genesis, looking at the very first book of the Bible, how God worked in His people to bring about His plan and His purpose, and this morning as we look at Genesis chapter 22, my hope and my prayer is that we will walk away this morning encouraged and challenged, especially as believers in Jesus Christ, because we are called to walk this life by faith. You ever find yourself struggling to have faith in other people? Some of you are like, Pastor, you just don't know. I think the first time it hit for me was five years ago. We were relatively new to the state of Florida, and if you remember five years ago, there was a hurricane this weekend that was brewing. A hurricane that, according to the meteorologist, at first, nothing for us to worry about. It was going to hit south of us, no need to fear. A day and a half before it was supposed to make landfall, the dot on the radar of where it was going to come through was over my house. What other job in this world can you be wrong 90% of the time and still have a job? Besides a meteorologist, amen, right? Have trust issues now with them. I'm like, I don't know if I believe them or don't believe them. I'm not sure what to do at this point in time. You know, I think for all of us, though, there are moments, not only where we struggle to trust other people, but if you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, there are moments where we struggle to walk the Christian life by faith believing that God is at work in our lives and around us. We struggle at times walking through difficult situations and circumstances. We, we grope and we grasp and try to figure out what's God doing and is He at work? And, and we at times doubt and just wonder, how, how do we navigate this? How do we walk forward? And what we're going to see this morning is Abraham, a man that we've encountered over the last number of weeks together, a man who God had blessed incredibly, a man who God had said was going to be a blessing to the rest of the world, a man who had incredible high moments of walking with the Lord and incredible low moments of struggling to walk with the Lord. We're going to witness this morning Abraham walking by faith, trusting in the Lord as he took the next step. And so this morning, I want to read for us Genesis chapter 22, beginning in verse 1, walking through the end of the chapter. And as we do every week, if you're new to North River Church, we work verse by verse through the passage of Scripture. We ask the Lord to speak to us through his word, which he promises that he will do. And this is what God's word says in Genesis chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. And after these things, it was told to Abraham, Behold, Micah has born children to your brother Nahor. Uz, his firstborn, Buzz, his brother, Kimuel the father of Aram, Kesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel fathered Rebekah. These eight, Milca, bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Ruma, bore Teba, Gahem, Tehash, and Meka. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see, and you would open our ears that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. As we look at the text this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together. In Genesis chapter 22, it's another verse of Scripture that I think highlights for us the approach for us as believers that we must navigate the Christian life with. And it's this truth, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, we walk by faith and not faith by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, let's all be honest with one another. Genesis chapter 22 is a tough passage to read. As we look at what's going on in the passage here, and for us who are parents, there's a bit of cringe in this. There's a bit of going, what in the world is going on? There's, there's kind of two main approaches to this. One is to look and say, how in the world could God ask Abraham to do that? And the other is very similar. How could Abraham actually follow through and do what God had called him to do? You look at both of those, and the problem is, neither of those is the right question. Even though that's the question that we may be tempted to come to the text with this morning because there's more here than meets the eye. It's going to be unpacked for us as we walk through the text this morning, and then as we have the privilege of the book of Hebrews and chapter 11, the great hall of faith, have the opportunity to have some light shown on this passage for us this morning so that we are able to approach this in a way that doesn't ask the question, how could God do this, or ask, how could Abraham do this, but looks at what's going on in the passage this morning. So I want us to look first in verses 1 and 2 as we think about walking by faith. Now let's all be on the same page this morning. First, to walk by faith begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the first step of faith for us as followers of Jesus. And you may be in here this morning and you've never taken that step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I just want you to know that before you can grasp what's going on here, that's the starting point for you this morning, is to recognize who Jesus Christ is, that He is the Son of God sent to this earth to live a sinless and perfect life On your behalf, He took your sin upon Himself on the cross and paid the debt that you owed as a result of your sin. But He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave on the third day, securing salvation for you and for me if we will trust in Him as our Savior. That is the beginning point. And you may be here this morning. And that's where you need to start today. But if you've been a believer for any length of time, you've taken that step first of obedience, trusting in Jesus as your Savior, what you know and what I know is that the Christian life is a lifetime of walking by faith with the Lord. And what we're going to see here that Abraham is required in this moment to walk by faith, not by sight, but to walk by faith, trusting, believing, confidence in the Lord to provide. Verses 1 through 2, notice this first truth that is true for Abraham, it's true for us as well. Walking by faith requires us to prepare to have our faith tested. If we're going to walk by faith, trusting in the Lord as we navigate this life he's called us to live in obedience to him we must prepare ourselves to be tested notice verses one and two it says after these things well, what things had transpired up until this point and I want you to lose sight of where we are in the text this morning Remember, the Lord had made a promise to Abraham back a number of chapters ago that he would bless Abraham and make Abraham into a great nation. If you remember, it was 25 plus years before the fulfillment of that promise in God providing a son for Abraham and for Sarah. Abraham had waited, and there's moments as he's waiting that he's trusting and believing God to provide, and then there's moments when he does like we do as we're waiting on the Lord, try to take things into our own hands and secure the promise of God in our own strength, and yet in the last chapter, what we saw is God fulfill his promise, Abraham and Sarah have a son, the son of promise. His name was Isaac, which means laughing hysterically. Don't forget the fact that Abraham's 100 years old at this point in time when they have Isaac. Sarah's 90 years old. Physically, biologically, it's impossible, and yet there is nothing that is impossible with God. After these things. God tested Abraham. Now, take a step back for just a second and say, hadn't he already been tested? Like, isn't there a point where you just kind of get to sit back for a bit and go, God, I'm good. Like, I'm done with the tests. Let's just move forward from this point. And here's the truth. Some will actually say that that's what the Christian life is all about. we trust Jesus as our Savior, and then from that point forward, life is just a smooth ride, and that's not in the Bible. I just want you to know that. In fact, what we see is very much what Abraham experienced after these things, the high moment of God fulfilling His promise, the high moment of God doing what He said He was going to do. Notice this. God tested Abraham. And said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And notice verse 2. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. This is the moment where some would look at this passage and go, how could God ask him to do that? What kind of God would be satisfied with that? But what I want you to recognize and understand is that the Lord is at work in Abraham's life in this moment, not to throw something out for Abraham that was just simply outlandish, but to find out whether Abraham's trust was totally in the Lord or not. You say, Pastor, I don't really like that. God didn't ask you if you like that, right? He didn't sit down with Abraham and chart out a path of spiritual growth in Abraham's life and say, Hey, what do you think would help you grow? In the same way that for our kids as they go to school, the teacher doesn't sit at the front of the room, at least I hope they don't. And say, hey, you just kind of pick what you'd like to learn this semester and we'll just see how things go. Teachers are cringing inside. You're like, it don't work like that, pastor. There's a plan. There's a purpose. There are problems that you solve. There are tests that are given. There's pop quizzes, which I hated as a kid. But all of that is to work in that student's life so that they would actually learn the material that was presented to them. And I want you to notice here that God has a plan and a purpose in testing Abraham in this moment. You say, Pastor, what is that plan and that purpose? Well, James, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, helps us understand this, gives us a, a glimpse at When the Lord tests us, what is the purpose of the test that we experience in our lives as believers? Well, it is to strengthen our faith in Him. The testing of our faith produces, James says, steadfastness in us. It grows us. It strengthens us. It causes us to more deeply trust in the Lord as we are navigating through this life that he's called us to live. I just want to say to you this morning, if your faith is not tested, how do you know it's a sure faith? And yet, for Abraham in this moment, the Lord says, here's what I want you to do. Now, think about what's going on there. This is the son of promise that the Lord had given to Abraham and to Sarah. This is the son that is supposed to be the one through whose lineage all of the earth is going to be blessed. And the Lord says in this moment, offer your son as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I tell you. Now here's what's interesting when you look at the cultures that surrounded Abraham at this point, it'll be spelled out even more as continue to work through the book of Genesis and even through the rest of the Old Testament, that child sacrifice was something that was very commonplace for the pagan people around Abraham that they thought they could earn the favor of God, they could grab their false god's attention by offering their children as a sacrifice. So Abraham would have likely been familiar with that practice. But don't lose sight that in this moment, there's something at work deeper than just what we read right here. We're going to find that out as we continue to walk through the text and then as we flip forward to the new testament and hebrews chapter 11 it's going to become even more plain for us but as you think about abraham being tested in this moment believer let me ask you this question are you willing to experience the tests that the lord is sending your way or allowing you to walk through Maybe you're walking through one of those right now. Maybe you're walking through a struggle, a difficulty. Maybe you're walking through something that's happening in your job or in your workplace, or in your family, a struggle, a difficulty. Are you willing as a follower of Jesus to trust Him and allow that to strengthen your faith? Scripture paints the picture of The father being a potter and us being clay that's on the wheel in front of him. And the testing of our faith is him shaping and molding us into the person that he's called us to be. So when you experience those moments in your life as a believer, don't look and go, how could God do this? Recognize that God is at work in your life molding and shaping you for his purpose and for his glory. You say pastor, but it's not a whole lot of fun. Neither is exercising, right? Anybody else wake up and go, I don't want to do that today. I don't want to run today. I don't want to lift weights today. I don't want to bike. I don't want to do that. And yet, what we know is that if you do that consecutively, day after day after day, you get more healthy. It changes your physique. It helps you become stronger. And the same thing's true in our life as followers of Jesus. As we walk through the test of our lives, it strengthens our faith. Walking by faith requires us to prepare, to gear up, to be ready for our faith to be tested. Not only that, I want you to notice the second truth we see in verses 3 through 10 this morning. Walking by faith requires us to take the next step of obedience. I want you to notice Abraham's response beginning in verse 3. So Abraham said, God, you must be crazy. Is that what your Bible says? It's not. It says, Abraham Rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. I want you to notice over the next several verses the steps of obedience, one after another, that Abraham takes. What we don't see here is any indication of Abraham sitting down with Sarah and saying, Hey, um. So, I know we like Isaac, but God says we're going to kill him. You don't even see a conversation take place. You don't even see in this moment Abraham fretting about how this thing is going to work out. There's a reason why we're going to find out in a little bit in Hebrews chapter 11 that he's not perplexed or puzzled by this whatsoever. Now for us, we look at it and we go, what in the world is going on? But I want you to notice Abraham's steps of obedience. He rose early, saddled his donkey. Listen, he cut wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, it says in verse 4, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar. And then he said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. You see the glimpse there? Abraham's expectation is this moment is two of them are heading to worship, two of them are heading back from worship. I want you to notice in verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And you can't help but looking at this, fast forward through the portals of history and be reminded of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who took the cross on himself, carried it, on our behalf. There is a symbolism here of Isaac being the only son of Abraham being offered as sacrifice and Jesus Christ, the only son of the father being offered as sacrifice on our behalf. The connections are right there. I want you to notice though, laid the wood of the burnt offering on his son and he took in his hand the fire and the knife and they went both of them together. In verse 7, and Isaac said to his father Abraham... Now, at this point in time, Isaac was likely a teenager. <laughs> He's a little slow to the game, wasn't he? He's like, hey. I mean, they woke up early. Maybe he was still half asleep. But he begins to figure things out. He says to his father Abraham in verse 7, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac is adding in his head, one plus one plus, uh-oh, where's the other one? To equal three. We've got the wood, we've got the fire, but where's the offering? Notice Abraham's response again. Again, We saw the glimpse of it in those verses in chapter 6, or uh, verse 6, that he was planning to come back with the boy. But notice here, Abraham said in verse 8, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Again, the next step of obedience. So they went, both of them together. Notice verse 9. He continues to walk in obedience when they came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now, if you're watching this in a movie, the music is getting intense in this moment, right? You're like, okay. What's, what's about to happen? Notice verse 10. Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Picture this in your mind. The altar is built. The wood is on the altar. Isaac is bound on the altar. Abraham takes the knife and he is ready to plunge it into his son. You look and you go, that is crazy. And yet, Abraham believes that God has to provide. Let me ask you the question as you walk through the Christian life by faith and not by sight. What is the next step of obedience that God wants you to take? You know what's interesting is this is not what I usually walk through when I'm experiencing a situation where I just don't know what God's up to. There's a whole lot of questions that I ask. Hey God, are you aware of this? God, do you know what's going on? God, are you aware of this situation at hand? God, are you going to work? We don't see that at all. We don't see Abraham in this moment at all going, "Um, time out, God. Let's have a conversation. He is taking the next Step of obedience, step after step after step. Because in this moment, he is walking not by sight because he can't see how God's going to provide. He's walking by faith, believing that he will provide for you and for me. What's the step of obedience right now that God wants you to take? What's the step of obedience in your marriage? What's the step of obedience in your life with your kids? What's your step of obedience in your neighborhood, and your workplace? The step that God desires for you to take, are you willing, even when you can't see how he's going to work through the situation at hand, are you willing to take that next step of obedience? Abraham here models for us what that looks like. I want you to notice beginning in verse 11, things begin to turn. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down this third truth. Walking by faith requires us to wait on the Lord's provision. To wait on the Lord's provision. Notice verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, And he said, here I am. Now catch that picture. Knife raised, ready to come down and plunge it into his son. And the angel of the Lord says, yo, Abraham, hey. And Abraham says, here I am. (laughs) Here I am. Notice the response The angel said, "'Do not lay your hand on the boy "'or do anything to him. "'For now I know that you fear God, "'seeing you have not withheld your son, "'your only son, from me.'" And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. The ram took the place of Isaac on the altar in the same way that Jesus Christ steps in our place on the cross and is sacrificed for our sin. So Abraham in verse 14 called the name of that place, the Lord will provide as it is said to this day on the mount of the lord it shall be provided We continue in verse 15 and down through the end of the chapter, we're reminded once again from the Lord saying to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make you into a great nation through you. All the nations of the earth will be blessed as a result of this act of faith, these steps of obedience, Abraham, I recognize, see, your trust is totally in me. Now here's what's interesting. When you look at this, you may say, how could Abraham have that much confidence? How could he walk by faith in this situation and not by sight? Well, fast forward. You may want to write this in the margin of your Bible here. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. The writer of Hebrews reminds us of this story. Reminds us of this interaction between Abraham and the Lord and Isaac, Here, as he begins to be ready to offer him as a sacrifice, and this is what the text says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, the son of promise that the Lord had promised that he would work through. In verse 19, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. So now, as we go back and we look at Abraham walking through this situation, with that in our minds, how was Abraham able to walk by faith and not by sight? Because he was absolutely confident in the promise of God and the provision of God. He knew That God would keep his word. He had been witness to. God keeping his word for decades of years in his life. God providing for him. When it didn't seem like he would, he came through. And in this situation, Abraham looks and says, listen. This child of promise, the Lord has said, is going to be the one that he's going to bless and use, and through him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. If God says, put him on the altar, I know God has obligated himself that if I kill Isaac on the altar as a sacrifice to the Lord, God is going to raise him from the dead. Let's go. Let's go. How is he able to take the next step of obedience? How is he able to walk forward even when he can't see it? Because what he couldn't see with his earthly eyes, he was able to see with eyes of faith that God would provide. And this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus and you are in the midst of a situation questioning, wondering, will God provide? Let me ask you the question, are you looking with eyes of the flesh or are you looking through eyes of faith? Because through eyes of faith, the promises of God will be fulfilled. Sometimes it just takes us being patient enough to wait for it to happen. I want to ask you if you'd bow your heads with me this morning as our worship team makes their way back up. You may be here today, and for you, as we talked at the very beginning, you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that's the step of faith today that you need to take. As we've talked about Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, coming to this earth and living a sinless life, taking your sin upon himself on the cross, dying, paying for your debt, and rising again on the third day, securing salvation for you. Today you have the opportunity to receive by faith that gift of salvation. I'd encourage you, if that's the step that you need to take, we'd love to help you take that step. And just a little bit as we sing, if you want to grab the hand of one of our pastors down front, we'd love to pray with you. I encourage you to fill out a connection card if you've got further questions about that. And let us be in touch with you over the course of this next week. But If you're a follower of Jesus this morning and you're walking through a difficult circumstance, a moment of testing in your faith, I want to encourage you to take that next step of obedience, to wait on the Lord to provide, that as you look at the situation that you're in in this moment, that you would look not with eyes of the flesh, but with eyes of faith. Father, we ask that you would work in our hearts, in our lives this morning by your word, that you would encourage us and challenge us. God, by your spirit, that you would convict us and draw us to yourself in faithful obedience. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand? We'll have an opportunity to sing. Our altar is open. You respond to the Lord this morning.